You told me we were going to be 5-0 and in July. I mean, I, I probably would have kissed you. John's sensitive, so don't be too mean to him. You've opened Pandora's box now. Okay. I feel like that should be the title know, of the podcast this week. Football Fridays in Georgia, weather permitting. Welcome to another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast here at Georgia Public Broadcasting. Thanks for accessing us however you are doing so. Large device or small, social media, all 98 different versions of that. John here, Hannah there. And this one's a fun one because we've started doing kind of like this theme idea where we'll pick a game and we'll talk to both coaches about said game. And we did it last week with Savannah Christian and Calvary Day. It was a one-score game. And that was the tight one that we figured. Mm-hmm. This one that we have this week traditionally is tight. And, of course, you have coaches, both coaches that we have coming up, Jordan Wallace from Appling County and Ryan Herring from Pierce. They're just kind of all shucksing their way through it. I don't know. It's going to be <laughs> tough. We've got, you know. But it's a great rivalry in Middle and South Georgia out of Region 3 AA for this year and next. This one was a fun one to put together. Yeah, I mean, we're halfway through the regular season, which means over we're, yeah. halfway now, well, which means we're into region play. So yeah. we wanted to get a big region matchup, and these two coaches work. And stick around for the interviews because a, a silencer is involved in one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no. A little inside joke. Yeah, it's hilarious. But no, it's, it's fun stuff to catch up with both of these coaches and uh, kind of pull back the curtain on two great football towns in, in Baxley and Blackshear with uh, Appling County and Pierce County coming up. And if you remember last year when we were doing all of our coverage of, uh, you know, titles and you know region titles and ones and twos and playoff spots and things like that, this game last year, if I'm not mistaken, in Blackshear was in an absolute downpour. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, locally broadcast by our friends out of Savannah. And I mean, the rain was sideways in this one. And so, of course, those can be some of the best football games, though. But, but of course, yeah. this year it's about to be the same thing because Hurricane Ian coming through. No literally one, Friday no one, night. <laughs> no one said. No one gave Ian permission to no, do this. No. And so, off the top, really, before we get into this particular week's show, we wanted to remind each and every one of you that's attached to your favorite program: if your game is changing a time, if your game is changing a day. If it's going to be moved later on, let us know through your social media to all of our social media. Shoot us an email, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Get in touch with us. Let us know if your game is going to change time, if it's going to change day, if it's going to change date, because uh, the hurricane coming through could wreak havoc with the schedule, and especially with it being region play, could make for some very interesting weeks going forward. So if your game is changing, let us know so we can let the rest of the state know as well because we all know that all the fans of high school football here in the state of Georgia want to keep up with everybody else. Our game of the week, Calhoun versus Cartersville, could be changing as well. So you guys follow us at GBB Sports for an update on that. The Purple Hurricanes are the number one team in 5A on the GBB Sports poll. So we have a really good matchup, and we definitely want to get that thing underway Mm -hmm. this week. Let's take a quick look back because we have a lot of scores to get through. A lot happened last week. Yes, it did. So our game was Milton versus North Cobb at Emory Sewell Stadium. The Warriors moved to 3-2 and after beating the Eagles 21-7. to North Cobb rushed for 397 yards with Cotton Commission player of the game, Ben Hall, going for 174 of those. Also, John quarterback Nick Grimstead was in for injured quarterback Malachi Singleton. He scored on a 71-yard run five minutes into the game. 
finished with 113 yards rushing, 85 yards passing. What did you think about his performance? Well, you look at just the running game in general where it's not just one guy. And, you know, you look at Ben Hall. Ben Hall wasn't the most sought-after recruit in this group. And he didn't even play in the first quarter. So he's getting 174 yards and three quarters worth of work. And Shane Queen has, I think, an embarrassment of riches at the back with this running game that he has. And it will be interesting to see. All right, with rotations and things, everybody's going to be getting their carries. Everybody's going to be working forward. Right now, North Cobb at 3-2. and two. You have to prepare for all of these guys in region play now. And next up for North Cobb is a trip to Raider Valley in two weeks for the beginning of that region schedule. So 3-2 and two will play 3-1 and one in two weeks' time. North Cobb off, I think, uh, this week. But you're looking at a, a tough team that will run the football. They've got speed. They can get to the edge. It's going to be a headache for a lot of folks in 7A. Let's take a look around the rest of the state. And in Moultrie, defending Class 3A champ Cedar Grove faced off with undefeated Colquitt County. Mm-hmm. The Packers led 22-17 at halftime and then just dominated from yep. there, winning 39-17. Running back Charlie Pace rushed for 117 yards on 17 carries. That was an interesting one for yeah, me. Yeah, it was 22-17. They scored the last <laughs> play of the first half, and then it was just pedal down from there as Colquitt scores 17 in a row. And so you John look, Adams has made one of the toughest schedules I have ever seen. So just to let you know, Saturday, for those of you that don't know Cedar Grove's schedule, Cedar Grove goes to St. John's, D.C. Saturday. <laughs> they aren't home until the very end of the season. Yeah, it's like, was it seven, <laughs> seven away games to start one their home year? Game. Yeah, so it's just like, all right, well, but that's the thing. Yeah. We've always said that Cedar Grove – is one of those teams that you put in that category of play anybody, anyplace, anytime, twice the, on Tuesday, the fans, wherever. The home fans want to see their team. I mean, but what you do is you stack up your region play, you get your number one seed, you get all those home games, and yeah. so that way you get, to, you get to bring everybody to you. They take season one to see where they are, and that's what we've always said. Take season one, see where you are as a team. Season two, you take care of business. You've got all your home games in AAA, one of the top teams regardless of classification. They get yeah. to go to D.C. They probably should leave now because of the weather. Right mm-hmm. now. They're probably right, on the road. Right, right now. <laughs> leave right now to get to D.C. for that game on Saturday. I'll text them, let them know that, that that's what they should do. Coach, Lowndes, leave now. <laughs> Lowndes handed Grayson its first loss of the season, holding the Rams to just 30 yards rushing. The Vikings led 21 to nothing in the first half, went on to win it. 24-14. Talk about a comeback victory there. Lowndes losing to East Coweta. How do you respond? You welcome Grayson. You beat Grayson. You beat him. So, I mean, that's a that's a big statement for where things uh, are going if you're a fan of the Lowndes Vikings. Big win for them going up against Grayson in, in, a, in a game that you felt like you needed to snap back after the loss on GPB to East Coweta. Hughes beat Douglas County 48-3. Quarterback Aaron Noland was 11 of 20 passing for 229 yards and two scores. Just putting the pedal down against a very traditionally tough defensive-minded club with uh, Douglas County. But, yeah, Hughes 5-0. and When we look at the standings and look at the rankings in 6A, we're looking at Hughes and Lee County right now, and everybody else is chasing them. Roswell's a part of that group. But Hughes, Lee County, Roswell, 1-2-3 and three in 6A. Lambert and East Coweta played for the first time ever and won 31-24. Lambert won 31-24. The Longhorns' defense was really impressive in that one, I thought. Yeah, and once again, you you look at uh, the film's out on East Coweta. Mm -hmm. After, After what they did on Georgia Public Broadcasting, film is out. 
And so you sit there and you look at that, and it's another way for coaches to sit there and prepare as they can see how things were from a television perspective. And you get a bunch of different camera angles, and you get to see how things are uh, outside of huddle. It's a different perspective. And so the homework was done, and they got the win over East Coweta. And East Coweta, once again, coming off of that big win from Lowndes, that's, uh, you know, Lambert comes up and takes a, a piece out of you there too. And a big rivalry game on the coast between two unbeatens. We mentioned it, Savannah Christian versus Calvary Day. The Cavaliers pulled it out this year, 34-28. Quarterback Jake Merklinger threw a 25-yard TD pass to Michael Smith for the lead in the fourth quarter, eventually ran out the clock. Yep. So we had both of these coaches on the podcast mm-hmm. last week, and what defense did Calvary Day end up running? That's a, that's a question <laughs> we'll have to ask Baker Woodward. Yeah, so we'll ask Baker Woodward about that one from Savannah Christian. So what was the defense? Or ask Mark Strauss, well, I did this. Or Baker Woodward says, yeah, I saw this. And so uh, that's fun where we get to have the coaches ask questions of each other within the framework of the game itself. And so it's kind of turned into this thing that has a mind of its own. And it's been fun to, to have it start, and we continue that again this week. Couple bonus games. Osborne won again. They, they beat did. Woodland 38-14 to go five and zero. Gainesville also five and zero. And then Warner Robins mm. are is out of the top rankings yeah, for the, the first tens, yeah. time in seventy five weeks. And that's according to the GHSF Daily. They lost to Houston County twenty eight to eight. It was our stream game of the week. Houston County is five and zero. Jeremy Edwards. Warner Robins is one and four. And you know it was great to have Jeremy on the post game show to talk about the game in and of itself. But yeah, twenty eight to eight, and it was just it was dominant in the third quarter. Two scores in the third quarter for Houston County, and Bear Down got the Duke. And so right now you're five and zero. Oh, and guess what? What? Houston County is in Leesburg this Friday night. You want to wow. test for uh, you want to test for yourself? <laughs> you go to Lee County. Lee County at four and one. Houston County five and zero oh this Friday night, weather permitting. Weather permitting. Okay. I feel like that should be the title of the podcast this week. Football Fridays in Georgia, weather permitting. Well, weather permitting, no, not. La- last <laughs> Friday Last Friday was beautiful. It was your first Friday without your raincoat, even I, though you put the raincoat on for some reason. No, in the I, put, no I put my jacket, I put my puffy coat oh, on. Oh, it looked like the raincoat. No, it was, was the like, puffy. What's he doing? No, I put the puffy coat on. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. it was, it was uh, kind of getting in the 60s, so we put the puffy coat on over the, uh, over the golf shirts. No, it was the puffy coat. It wasn't the raincoat. Well, what else did you see across the state, John? Oh, wow. Let's see. You look at, you see, now you open that's yourself up. That's what I'm trying up. to get to. Yeah, see, that's what you should have said. Uh, Mill Creek beats Parkview. Parkview gets their first loss of the season. Uh, you know, we mentioned so Mill Creek is now at five and zero. Oh. We mentioned Houston County, where County beats Bainbridge, where County's at four and zero. Oh. Coffee put up a big number. Uh, Troop beats Stars Mill. We caught up with Tanner Glisson. Uh, Burke County beats Statesboro thirty five thirty two. That was a, a tight one. Benedictine beat Bowles. That's another one there in, in Quad A. Wayne County, J. Bo Shaw. Four and one down in Jessup. They've cracked the rankings in some places. They're four and one. They beat Jenkins by the score of uh, 17-14. Uh, you look at, you know, we talked about Calvary Day and Savannah Christian. Uh, I mean, Pierce County, we're catching up with Coach Herring. We get to find out what happened with him in region play. So that was another one that's on the board. Rabin County won. They beat mm-hmm. Whitfield 28-14. to nice. Rabin County traveling everywhere. They're traveling to both Hither and Yon this year. And they go to travel again. They go to Fellowship Christian this Friday night for another big road trip with them. Early County, here's one for you before we, we get into our first guest. Early County beats Mitchell County by the score of 7 to nothing. And you were talking, as I sit here and look at the piece of paper that has the, the piece that was pulled so you could dispose of your gumba for the show. Early County, 
Early County is almost done with region play. They start. They inverted their. What? They inverted their schedule. They got all of their region games done except for one out and of the way. The other teams agreed to this. Yeah, right now, Early County five and zero in Region One, Single A Division Two. What's the point of that? Uh, the whole point is to do non-region leading up to region play. But hey, but once, it, <laughs> but what you've done here is you've set the marker for everybody else in oh, your region. So everyone else isn't ready either. And so that way, you sit there and you go, okay, here's my schedule. All right, now try and catch us. I mean, Early County has inverted their schedule. That's an and interesting so concept. They can wrap Strategy. up. They can wrap up the region title against Randolph Clay on October seventh. They close out their season with three non-region games. Early County is almost done with region play because they flipped their schedule. It's either gonna, it's either genius, or not gonna work. Well, we'll see. But right now they're find out. They've they've run the table so far in region play, and they're gonna set a marker. Pretty sweet. All right. So you want to go to our first guest? Let's do it. Okay. So which one was first? First up is Pierce County head coach Ryan Herring, and he had to tape early. We all know that John is not at work by 11 a.m. True. That is absolutely true. So John had to tape his interview at home. Mm -hmm. So let's hear what he had to say about the big rivalry matchup in South Georgia this Friday. All right, Coach, first and foremost, when you have a week that is a rivalry game that has uncertainty attached to it, and by that I mean Mother Nature, who, as we all know, is undefeated, how do you prepare trying to figure out maybe two things at once? Well, you know, the thing is, is we're going to plan on playing Friday night, you know, and, and I don't know what the weather will allow or won't allow, but, uh, you know, it's Monday morning. And so all we're thinking about is Monday's practice, and we're just worried about us getting ready, uh, all our preparation. And, uh, you know, I'm just – I'm going to kind of let Friday take care of Friday. I mean, that's just – that's my outlook. I'm not going to sit and worry about the weather and and try to get opinions from everybody, especially the Weather Channel, because on my phone they're wrong about 65 to 70% of the time. Uh, so, you know, we're just going to work like the game's Friday at 730 and – just, you know, that's just something else to worry about that we don't need to worry about. So right now you've got your your first region game under your belt. It was a big win over Brantley County, winning 49-7. Now that you've had a, a day or so to kind of look back at it, what are some of your takeaways? Well, I thought we came out with a lot of focus. I thought defensively uh, that we've, we've improved, uh, especially on the back end. We've been real suspect on the back end. Uh, we were the previous four games, just communication breakdowns and, some, you know, just basic stuff. Uh, I thought we got a lot of that corrected. Uh, it wasn't perfect by any means, but we, we, we improved. I think we improved a lot, and we just got to continue to improve on the back end. I thought we fit the run real well throughout the whole game, uh, you know. So, And that's just one of our goals is to be able to run the football and to be able to stop the run. And when you can do that, generally you have a chance in most games you play. Well, and you mentioned the run. I mean, the numbers are staggering at some points. You get uh, DJ Bell, who's averaging north of 10 yards a carry. He's almost got 1,000 yards already through only five games. I think he's at 933. Uh, Jacquez White's got north of 400. I think that doing the math on him, 27 and 406. You're having me do math on a show. That's, that's kind of hard. 12 or 13 yards a carry. And then uh, Jamarian Guyton, who's got north of 10 yards a carry. You are getting... Yards in chunks, and you're getting it with depth at running back again. It, it is neat to have three guys that can really run the ball. You know, you a lot of people may play three running backs uh, or two running backs, but we, we've got three guys that are 
that are really good athletes, they're really good running backs, uh, that are tough, uh, that, that know their role, you know, and embrace it. Uh, and I think that's that's the big thing is, is, you know, they're not worried if the other one's getting the ball or how many times he's getting it or how many yards he's getting it. Uh, you know, these guys just want to win. And, hey, when I'm, when I'm in there, hey, I run the ball. When I'm not in there, I don't run the ball. And, uh, you know, because Jamarion and Jaquez, you know, they started safety and corner for us. So, you know, they, you know they're, they're playing every snap on defense. And, uh, and if DJ doesn't watch out, he may be playing some defense later on too. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and once again, you look at lower classifications and you got to have guys who can go both ways for a lot of the games. What have you seen? from, I guess, the, the constitution of your guys, that, that they have that, that wherewithal and that ability to go the full 48 minutes? What's it like having guys that can go the full 48 and have to go both ways if they need to? Well, I, I'm humbled by some of our guys. we got guys that are playing almost every snap. we got four linebackers that play on offense. We've got uh, some DBs that are receivers. We've got O-linemen that are D-linemen. You know, we've got guys that are they're playing – a lot of snaps on both sides of the ball. And, uh, and it's just, you know, it's, if we want to win, we're going to have to do that. You know, now we could, we could two platoon it and, uh, you know, maybe, maybe be 500. I don't, you know, I don't know if we'd be 500. Uh, but if we do what we're doing and play kids on both sides, it just gives us a better chance to win more games. Uh, my first year here, we tried not to play kids both ways for whatever reason. But uh, ever since when, when that season was over, I said, you know what, we're going we're going to play the best guys that we got uh, throughout the game. I guess then a lot of the credit goes to the strength and conditioning program that you have there. So you have these guys that can do that kind of stuff. And I know that strength and conditioning kind of falls by the wayside. It really doesn't get a whole lot of attention when it comes to the success of a program. Break down for me what that element of your program is and how integral it is for your success. Well, you know, we believe that it's the, the, the hallmark, the cornerstone of our football program. Uh, during the season, we're in the weight room six days a week. We're in there Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We're off on Saturdays. Uh, of course, Friday is a, it's, it's just a, a more – it's not a real taxing day. I just want to get blood flowing and get a little workout in. Uh, you know, so it's not like we're squatting heavy on Fridays. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, you know, we, we do it six days a week. And we do it before we practice or we do it, you know, we're, we're going to, you know, it doesn't matter if we're out of school. We're going to meet up here, you know, if we're practicing at 10 a.m., we're going to lift, you know, at 9. Uh, we're always going to get hit the weights before we hit the field. And, and we try to ingrain that in our kids, you know, that, hey, this is where it all begins. This gives us a chance. This is how we gain an edge in our football program. And they've done a great job of buying in. And they've done a great job of just working. When you look at your season to date, you know, obviously we've talked about your first game in region play. You handled Jeff Davis. You beat them by 39. You put 56 on the board. Beat Metter 30-7, to seven, a very, very tough single-A team out of Region 3 in, in Division 1. Liberty County, you handled them. You put 45 on the board. And then Charlton County, once again, a ranked team in single-A in Division 2. When you look at your non-region how would you have graded yourself looking back at that? You know, you can go A through F, 1 through 10, 1 to 100, however. How would you have graded your non-region schedule and your non-region play before you got to play Brantley County last week? Well, you know, before the season, I thought every one of those games would be a tough game to win. 
they would be four quarter games. And, uh, you know, our, our, our kids have just done a great job. If you told me we were going to be five and oh, uh, if you told me that in July, I mean, I, I probably would have kissed you. Uh, <laughs> we just had so many new guys. We lost nine starters on defense, you know, and uh, lost some, some good players on offense. So if you'd have told me we were going to be five and zero oh in July, I, I mean, I'll, it'd have been like winning the lottery, you know. So that that says a lot about our players. I was going to ask you about that because when you have that kind of integration, sometimes it takes a while. Is it still a work in progress, or is it something where you think you're comfortable with where everyone is right now, or is there still work to do? I think offensively we're comfortable where we have people and and how they're playing, not that they don't need to get better and won't get better. I think defensively, we're still, you know, we're still moving forward. It's still a process. You know, we're, we're still trying to progress and, and get kids to learn exactly what to do, how to do it. Uh, you know, because when you've got so many new guys on defense, a lot of times a kid thinks that, hey, I want to make the tackle. And in and, and our defense, a lot of times it's about doing your job, and your job may – not until you making a tackle, it's, it's setting something up so another guy makes a tackle. So it's just learning how to be selfless, not worrying about maybe where the ball is, learning where you fit in the puzzle. This week, uh, and uh, one of the reasons that we wanted to, to dial you up this week is because of the game that's on the board, you have to travel to Baxley to take on Appling County. And, and it is one of those rivalries, I think, that kind of flies below the radar. I mean, I have heard everything from, yes, it, it's blood feud, it is hatred, it is a top rivalry. How would you quantify Appling County versus Pierce County for someone who's never seen it? If you haven't been to the game, like, like Friday night, which I don't know what the weather will hold, but, you know, I know two years ago when we went up there, it is a hundred percent stadium packed, and there's people standing all the way around. I mean, it is truly a packed, packed game. It's you know, it's not a lot of people there. It, it seems full. It there's there's standing room only. I mean, only. Uh, I you know, I haven't been to every big rival game in Georgia, but I promise you, it's in the top ten. The atmosphere at it, the crowd, the intensity. Uh, it's a top 10 rival rivalry in the state of Georgia, I promise. And if, if anybody doesn't believe that, they just need to go Friday night or go any, any, any year when we play, it's, it's, it's the real deal. And a lot of folks are looking at this one as one of those games that will lend itself to the inside track for, if not number one in the region, but one in two, because Vidalia is off to a hot start. Jason Cameron's at five and oh, Toombs is at four and one. I mean, this is one of those games that will shape Region 3 AA very, very early in the season. Well, it's, it, it's a big game because it's Apple and it's a rival, but it's a big game because of the region ramifications. Uh, but, you know, a lot of people probably thought it was just going to be us and Apple. And, you know, but I'm telling you, with Viday and Toombs entering and Tattnall, Tattnall's tough this year. They got a senior team. So, you know, I think you've got five – pretty tough teams that, that are probably – some people are going to knock people off. Some people are going to maybe still a win here or there that people aren't expecting. So it's not like if we beat Applin, hey, we're going to be reaching champs. Or if Applin beats us, they're going to be reaching champs. There's going to be a lot more games. And, uh, and, and I, you know, it's just the way football goes. 
you know, people are going to beat people because uh, I don't think anybody's just – now, of course, nobody looks like Applin as far as their D-line and O-line as far as being that pretty. But, I, you know, I think everybody at some point can beat somebody. So then keys to victory for you, it sounds like you know that you're going to have to go up against the, that big front for uh, Appling and try to figure out how to keep them in check. Well, they, they are they – are, there's no double-A team in Georgia that's prettier than them on their fronts. I mean, they are just – they're big, they're massive, they're pretty, and they know how to play. They play with their hands, they play physical. So we got to keep from getting swallowed up on both, on both fronts. Uh, just because the guy, they're, they're just so big. Uh, you know, they, I mean, we're, we're 180 pound D linemen and they got 280 pound offensive linemen. So, you know, you, when you talk about a hundred pound difference, you can just get swallowed up if you don't watch it, you know? So we, we have got to somehow be, be quick, be tough, uh, you know, and, and maintain, uh, you know, just maintain what we got to maintain. Uh, but cause if we get swallowed up, you know, uh, with their backs, I mean, they'll, they'll have a field day. So we just got to make sure where we're supposed to be. We can't give ground, get knocked off the ball. Because, uh, I mean, both their fronts are pretty. I mean, they, they are a pretty football team. Last question for you, and thanks for hanging out with us. It started almost as a tradition last week on the show. And we had we were covering Savannah Christian and Calvary Day. And Coach Woodward at Savannah Christian was first, and he's like, okay, I've got a question for Coach Stroud. Can he do, you know, can he tell me what defense he's going to run? And then Coach Stroud was like, okay, then you, I get to ask Coach Woodward if he's going to run counter. Do you have a question for Coach Mullis here in this podcast that you want him to answer coming up to this week's game? Yeah, I just need to know what's going to be your third and short. How you how you feeling on third and short when you're on offense? I mean, what, you know, are you – I don't really care about third, medium, third, long. Third and short, what's going to be your flavor for Friday night? I just I just need to go ahead and have that ready. Third and short. That will be the question, and we will ask Coach Mullis, and obviously he will have a question for you as well. Ryan Herring, the head coach of Pierce County. Big region game coming up against the three AA foe in Appling County. Thanks for hanging out with us on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. Be dry, be safe, and be well. Thank you so much. One coach down, one to go, and we catch up with the team that is going to be the home team in this particular matchup. We travel to Baxley, catch up with Appling County head coach, Jordan Mullis. Hey, coach, thanks for joining us. You're 2-1 and one with wins over Aiken out of South Carolina and Moorhaven out of Florida coming off that win, heading into region play. Catch us up on what's been going on this year and how you feeling about the team. Uh, we, we're a little young, a little, little um, maybe not, Maybe not young's not the right word, but we we pretty inexperienced and uh, had a lot of moving pieces around, and we've been bit pretty hard by the injury bug here. Um, so we're really uh, with our two off weeks being the way they were this this season, and um, playing Pierce, you know, game one of the region, which I think has been game ten forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've actually only played three games and we're, we're, we're kind of matching up with guys that have played five or six. So it's almost like we really, we kind of have been stumbling through here and it's almost October. How hard was it to schedule knowing that you made it to a semifinal last year because you're playing teams, you've played more teams out of state than you've played teams in state. How difficult is it for Appling County to schedule games now because of your successes? Um, it, it was extremely difficult, uh, you know, a, a, after our first couple games this year, I'm sure we'll have our phones ringing a little bit more, but, um, 
you know, definitely, definitely, you know, we had had the wear game scheduled game one and we wanted, we knew how good they were. And, uh, we wanted that to kind of be a, to test to show us where we needed to go and where we were at and, um, losing that game to the weather deal we had. Uh, and then again, like I said, having some guys hurt, we were really, uh, really not sure what kind of team that, that we have. And, and I think this team's got, it, can, has a long way to go. Uh, but it's been really tough to, like I said, get it on track with only three games, two bye weeks, a weather cancellation. And then, you know, like I said, having Pierce so early when usually that's a, that's been a game 10. We're nine and oh, they're nine and oh, we're eight and one. They're, you know, it's always been one of those big time end of the year, um, coup de grace, so to speak. And, and we're really stumbling into this one after, after several off weeks and, and missing a game. Yeah, I mean, starting off region play with your rival. Tell me how big of a rivalry is this, and is there something special that you tell your team leading up to this one? I, I think that uh, we have a lot of respect for him. You know, I, I Coach Herring, you know, I consider him a friend, and, and uh, we talk quite often, not just about football. Um, but there's no doubt that, that the Pierce-Ackling rivalry is deep, and, and it's old. And really here in recent history, um, I think that you can see how this rivalry's changed and, and, and why Pierce is so adamant about, you know, making sure they rub it in on us when they, when they beat us, which they have, uh, here pretty recently. But, you know, the thing about it is, is they've invested in their program. Um, they've invested in their facilities and they have turned that program in from a game where, you know, 10, 15 years ago, it was a rivalry game, but it probably was swayed as far as talent and programs go. And uh, I think Pierce has won as many games as anybody in the state in any classification over the last three or four years, and we're trying to get that way as well. So um, I think it's always been a, a big-time rivalry, a big, big cross-county rivalry. Um, but I think the difference now is, is we can legitimately say over the last year or two that, that we're state championship contenders and, and that game um, has pretty consistently been at least a top 10, if not a top five matchup. And at the same time, you know, you've mentioned where traditionally this is the game that's at the end of the schedule, determining who's going to be the one seed, determining who's going to be the two seed. Now that it's the game out of the blocks, I think that in Region 3 AA this year, I think it's five teams for four spots because it's the two of you. It's Vidalia who's off to a hot start. It's Tombs, and Coach Herring has even mentioned Tattnall County. So this one is big at the end of the schedule, but now that it's at the beginning of the schedule, it probably means that much more because it sets inside tracks for folks, yeah? Uh, I, I definitely think that, um, you know, the region title goes through Pierce. You know, you have to they're, – they're, they're the big dog. They won it four or five years in a row, it seems like. I know they've won it the last three years I've been here. Uh, so I think – you know, it, it sets a pretty clear standard that if you're going to win the region, you got to beat Pierce County, especially with, like I said, I think I think they're averaging 12, 13 wins a year over there. Um, so with that being said, I don't think it matters of when it is. I, I would have just, knowing what we know now, having the game with Ware canceled and, and, and having some injuries and trying to shuffle some things around over here, um, I, I definitely think that it would have, 
we used to complain about playing them week 10 and, uh, you know, they line up in the wildcat all year and then we play them and we get nine different surfaces that they hadn't shown anybody, you know? <laughs> um, so, so, uh, we complain about getting them early and then we get them early and we're kind of, we're kind of sliding around, stumbling around trying to get our, our show on track. So, um, you know, and we I've actually spoke with Coach Heron and their athletic director today, Coach Jernigan, and, you know, we're sitting here now playing them in week five, and they're talking about a hurricane hitting about game time. So uh, it's definitely always interesting with Athlete and Pierce, no doubt about it. <laughs> yeah, before we get to some of the weather questions, I do want to break this one down a little bit. So they have a powerful run game with DJ Bell, Jaquez White, Jamarian Guyton. How do you plan to stop that three-headed monster, and what are your keys – to victory in this one i think that uh what, what they do they do really well um i think they coach it up really well and i think that those three guys are are really really athletic i think they have great vision i think they're explosive and um i think the most frustrating thing about them is they may only block it a certain a few certain ways but especially dj um he makes it right. Uh, you know, they may block lead zone to the right. He's cutting it out of backside a gap cause he saw something and he's athletic enough to see it. So those guys are great athletes. They have great vision. Uh, they play extremely hard up front and staying attached on blocks. But, um, to say all that, uh, it's really simple. You got to use your hands. You got to get off blocks and disengage and, and be able to have, you know, your feet in a good base and, and secure tackles because those three guys are, are again, I think they're all college football players. Um, I think they're extremely athletic, and, and they're also strong enough to break tackles. But uh, I, what scares me the worst is um, DJ's ability to throw the ball. Um, DJ can run the Tebow pass. He can throw fades. He can throw now screens. He can jump over a D lineman and throw a backside post <laughs> while he's getting hit. Uh, I, the guy, the guy, I'll be happy when he graduates. Um, <laughs> he, he is a, he is one of the best. I don't know how fast he is. I don't know how big he is. I don't know all the measurables that they recruit off of, but DJ Bell is, he really reminds me of, uh, we played Burke County two years in a row for the region title back in 2013 and 2014. And y'all probably remember a guy by the name of Don Coyle Green. Yep. And DJ reminds me of Don Quill Green. No matter what we did at Wayne, Don Quill would always find a way. And uh, DJ's DJ reminds me of one of those players that that he's going to do everything in his power um, to find a way. You don't know, matter if a guy's not blocked or if he's got to jump over him, run over him, juke him. Uh, and and the ability to do what they do and do it over and over and over again. And those guys play through injury and and not get banged up. Um, you know, it, it's definitely they got something going on of it. So then we've started something here on the podcast, and it kind of started organically this year, where coaches are asking the other coaches when we do these region rivalries or these rivalry games, if there's a question that a coach has for the opposing coach, they ask it on the show. Because we have him on the podcast yeah, before. Yeah, because uh, Ryan was on before you this week. And so his question for you about this game, he wants to know what you're going to do on third and short. Do you have a question in return for him about what his plans are? Uh, for the game? Yes, for the game. He wants to know for this game what you're going to do on third and short. 
am I answering am I answering his question or am I asking his question? Because <laughs> you, you've opened Pandora's box now. I mean, <laughs> um, my first thought, my response to that would be to my my question to him would be when were we going to meet up and him go buy a silencer? <laughs> um, but I guess that's not I guess that's not relevant to uh, the football. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. So, what what is your what is your game related football question for Ryan Herring? Considering he wants to know what you're going to do on third and short. Uh, my game related question is uh, how many times he's going to bring both ponies and play cover zero. <laughs> there you go. Okay. So now that when he listens, he will have he will have that question to answer for you, and you will have the question to answer for him. Now that we've we've engaged discussion between coaches <laughs> about game plans, I want to know more about the silencer. What are you guys doing? Ah, <laughs> uh, it's just a, it's an inside joke. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Okay, there. The pl- that's good. Good. Good to know. It's an inside joke. Now that now that it's it's, uh, it's inside, but now everybody else knows that it's an inside joke. Um, all right, so. So I want to ask about the weather too. Yeah. So what's what's the game plan? When, when are you guys going to make a final decision on if the game is going to go down Friday night or not? Uh, well, we try again. You know, I feel like I got a good relationship with those guys over there. Um, I've talked to their AD. I've talked to Coach Heron this morning, and uh, I know a lot of people have already over the, across the whole state of Georgia have moved games to Wednesday and even Thursday. Um, and and I've spoke with them. Uh, and told them that that obviously Friday night's probably not going to work out. I mean, if it happens the way they're saying, you know, we may not have power. Y'all remember yeah. a few years ago, I know we had to play Valdosta on a Saturday night, um, and our players were without power and water for several days. Not saying it's going to be that. Um, but, <clears throat> again, with that being said, um, our, our my bosses, you know, because they have a superintendent just like I have one, um, my my our board office employees are going to meet with the the FEMA or EMA or whoever it is at two thirty today, and instead of it being a what Pierce and Affling football coaches want to do, it's probably going to be our superintendent saying this is the best time to play this game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it'll be a little bit our, out of our control, but you know, talking to some counties around here, they've moved to Wednesday or Thursday, or they're going to. There's been, I guess, in the last few hours, there's some things about this thing maybe getting here a little faster than normal. So there's some teams already talking about playing Saturday evening as well. Well, Coach, uh, just be safe, be well. We know that this is a rivalry game. It means a lot to both counties and to the communities of Blackshear and Baxley. Thanks for hanging out with us and pulling back the curtain on a big region rivalry down there in Region 3AA. Thanks for being with us here on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. Be safe, and we'll catch up soon. Yes, sir. Appreciate y'all. So Coach Mullis and Coach Herring, big hunting buddies, I guess. I think so, yeah. Uh, maybe it has to do with the train whistle because when uh, Pierce oh. won in uh, 2020, do you remember on the sidelines at Georgia State where they had the the full tra- the 360 train whistle, which yes. was one of the coolest things ever. I'm surprised that they got it into the building in the first say, place. Was that allowed? I, hey, well, well <laughs> you asked for forgiveness <laughs> later instead of permission first, right? So we're looking for a silencer on the just, just put a big train just whistle. put a big curtain over that 360 train whistle that's got like a dozen different train whistles on it. And when they score, you get the you know you get that. I think just put a silencer over that whole thing. Put a blanket over the big. Uh, the big thing that they have, the the 360 stand that they have with all the train whistles down there in Blackshear. I like I like that theory. Okay. Sounds good. We're going to go with that. Sure. 
So that's a big South Georgia rivalry. Mm -hmm. Let's head back up north. Calhoun at Cartersville is our game of the week at Weinman Stadium. Cartersville is the number one team in the 5A GPB sports poll. This should be a really good matchup, weather permitting. Yeah, we've had Calhoun and Cartersville on our air as a playoff game in years past. And so now that uh, we get to have them on in the regular season, two great football towns in Calhoun and Cartersville. And uh, you know, looking forward to seeing how this one goes. Calhoun ranked, depending on the poll, in the top tens and classification as well. And Cartersville's been at the top of the ladder for most of the season. But once again, reminder, if your team, if your favorite team has a time change, a day change, or a date change, let us know on our social media platform so that way we can sit there and let the rest of the state know what you guys know so we can keep everybody up to date and keep everybody as safe as possible. But, yeah, Football Fridays in Georgia, our game of the week over the air at GPB is Calhoun and Cartersville. Our web game is a border war rivalry game, Blessed Trinity and Roswell. Looking forward to that one on the web at gpb.org. Yeah, that's going to be a really fun one. Get out your three iron or your three hybrid, and you ought to be able to hit one campus from the other <laughs> with your with your with your tee shot. Yeah, that's my old stomping grounds. Well, Lassiter, but the Roswell area. Yeah, is the, the one the 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 uh, the Holcomb Bridge Loop. You sit there and you just go from one end to the other, and then that way you get to sit there and, and stay in region. So what else? Since since you speaking mentioned old Lassiter, stomping grounds, yeah, there you go. Speaking of Lassiter, here it comes. Well, we were off. But we, we play Johns Creek next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trojans are 2-2. Two and two. Yes. Lakeside got a big boo-boo. Lost to Dunwoody 30-0. to zero. Got a big boo-boo? Big boo-boo. <laughs> she, she really likes to sit there and, and just make fun Lakeside. of Lakeside. I do not. Head coach Morris Starr and I are like this. We are buddies. But, but Lakeside had a big boo-boo, apparently. <laughs> I just like to poke fun at you, John. So, so would you like to send Coach Star a Band-Aid for his big boo-boo? No, I would not. <laughs> Coach Star is the best. Decatur so, was off. They'll play I, Tucker next week. They're one she completely and, and totally uh, just spirits past that topic. So, yeah. So, what's up with Commander Sandy? Uh, Decatur was off, so a good week. There you go. Yes. <laughs> Didn't lose. Yep. Yep, yep. No, All right. no wins, no losses there. Okay. Parkview lo- loses its first game of the <laughs> year to Mill Creek. Sorry, Snake. Yeah. Forty seventeen, they go four and one though. Yeah, so I mean, and they're still they're still going to be part of the discussion in seven. No, Mill Creek is is good. Yes, so is Parkview. All right, so okay. who else is left? We got King James and Ambassador Jeremy. Central Macon won its first game. Woo woo! There you go, King James Chargers woo, get woo, the win. Woo. Nicely done. 27-21 over Kendrick. See, and he's he's, one cel- and he's celebrated with the whip pan switch. That, that, that's the way. That's the I'm way to celebrate. So, well, don't look at it because he's celebrating in his own technical way. And so, uh, Ambassador Jeremy in Darlington, what happened there? Darlington wins again. Mm-hmm. Beats Dade County thirty-three to seven to go five and zero. Oh. He's winning. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, they are ranked in the top ten in class single A. Uh, story that we've been following on recruiting twenty twenty two that involves a former. A Georgia high school football player. We have the latest on T.A. Cunningham. Okay. He's cleared the eligibility issues and can now play in the state of California. So he has now been cleared to play a Georgia native, wow. Georgia native, and moved to play in Southern California to try to take advantage of the NIL rules in the state of California. And he had appealed the initial decision of him not being eligible, was on the sidelines with his teammates at Los Al, and apparently now with the appeal, he can play for Los Alamitos here for the second half of his junior year. 
there in the CIF Southern section. So big news out of Southern California. We don't have enough time to get into that story, but everybody Google that because yeah. it's a, a wild one. Yeah. All right, John, wrap us up. And we have uh, something to leave you with, some some food for thought, some homework, some homework. We have homework? No, not us, our listeners. Oh, the, the listeners have homework. So what? <laughs> you're looking at me so confused. I am. It's like, what's the homework? We just talked about this. Oh, just making sure that... Okay, so if you like us, oh, rate that. us. Yeah, oh, that, yeah. But yeah, if yeah, you yeah. don't like us, just don't rate us then. Yeah. But we need some We need some more ratings, you know? If you're a fan of the podcast, leave us a, leave us a review. Leave us a, a nice rating. You know, John's sensitive, so don't be too mean to him. So, yes, it, bottom line is, is if, uh, if, you, if you would be so kind... Uh, leave a leave a rating and a comment on the positive side for us here at the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast because we love to hear what you say. We love to hear what you guys are thinking every single week. But yeah, go go and leave us like a, a nine star rating if you would. That'd be epic. That's a much better way to put it. Thank you, John. Yeah, a nine star rating, even if the only top is five. If you can like put nine, and why not ten? Well, because you can only go one through five. I know, but where'd you get nine from? It was just a random number that popped into my head. Wrap us up, John. I can do that. Once again, Football Fridays in Georgia, Calhoun and Cartersville, and uh, 7 o'clock, uh, Recruiting 2022, kickoff a little after 7.30, the web game, Blessed Trinity and Roswell this week at gpb.org. Thanks again to uh, a great Region 3 triple, uh, AA matchup with uh, Jordan Mullis of Appling County, Ryan Herring of Pierce County. Everybody be safe this week. Enjoy your high school football teams all around the state of Georgia. We'll be back for everybody here This week, it is Jake the Snake for King James, Commander Sandy, Ambassador Jeremy, and for Hannah, who's stealing all of my paper. I'm just John. Play it safe, everybody. Enjoy your games. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.